Take everything on your all-American breakfast platter, make it more efficient in sandwich form, melt some cheese on it, and you have the best and most convenient breakfast available. Or, if you want to get your day off to a sluggish start, how about sausage draped with cheese on a dense biscuit? The classic breakfast sandwich should go back to the 1970s where it belongs. Who's right? Let's find out. This week on our ongoing quest to pick our favorite sandwich, the classic breakfast sandwich. Is it affordable, ethical, is it healthy and clean, is it first aid appropriate, even though he's married, is the origin true, does it matter to me, all that really matters is celebrities, Joe will pick a sandwich now, it's his religion to figure it out, he ate the food, he'll rate, he'll choose. Will it end up on the menu? Oh, what sandwich will he choose? Joe picks a sandwich now. Sandwiches. Damn. It's been too long. It's been weeks. Multiple weeks. Well, as our our Reddit fans and Reddit followers know, and that everybody else is just figuring out, they think that the podcast is done. They were like... What happened? Yeah, they they, they they think that 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 last week, the Outsmizer was our season finale. What was last week? I don't even remember. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is, I don't remember either. The Outsmizer. No, avocado toast. Avocado toast. Oh well, I mean, you know, that would not have been a bad season finale. That would have been. I mean, that's the way we would have gone out on top. Yeah, but no. For some all, people have said it's our best episode. People are saying it. People are saying it. Um, no, we are back. We're here. We're no, we haven't gone anywhere. But what we've done is we've turned ourselves from a regular podcast to a prestige podcast. That's right. That's right. So our new prestige schedule is once every two weeks. Yeah. 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 I don't. I don't even know if that makes us like the prestige podcast. They really do it right. They do like. 10 episodes a year. Yeah, yeah. But then they they also still do it every week. Right. Well, hey, I could do every week if we were only doing 10 a year. It's true, I it's true. I could commit to that right now. <laughs> well, we've we've literally done enough for the first two years, so we yeah. really should get like a year and a half off now. No, uh, you know, look, this wasn't our decision. Um, our sponsors, they, they lowered our episode order. <laughs> Uh, and rather than just do fewer, we just thought we'd do them less frequently. And l- l- we're not big fans of it. And obviously, we encourage our fans if they want to do a um, a write in campaign to uh, Boar's Head Meat, you know, or to um, or to Smucker's Jam to try and up the episode order. Like we would not be opposed to that, but we're also not asking you to do it either. I'd actually be opposed to it. <laughs> oh, you'd be opposed to it. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you. In order to get me back to out of the prestige podcast zone back to regular podcasting i would need boar's head and smuckers and i'm just gonna throw it in today because i think uh the egg mcmuffin is gonna get a little shout out today i want mcdonald's as a sponsor too if we get all three of those i will go back to weekly podcasting i mean why wouldn't mcdonald's sponsor us right now they should they absolutely should and they have crazy stupid mcdonald's money like what you know this should be a no-brainer for them just throw me a few shares of McDonald's stock. They don't even have to give us cash. It's as good as cash. 
Yeah, and it incentivizes us to talk about McDonald's because yeah. of the vast impact our podcast could have on their stock. <laughs> Huge impact. And, I mean, unfortunately now as a prestige – well, look, I think as a prestige podcast, I looked at the numbers, Joe. Our download numbers are as strong as ever. So I, the, all of the people that are disappointed that it's not coming out every week – they're being replaced by all the people that are looking and being like, oh, my goodness, there are like 20 versions of this podcast. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, do you want to know a sad fact or maybe yeah. a, an exciting fact? Sure. I don't, yeah. I don't even know what emotion you're going to feel about this fact. And after I tell you this, I am excited for you to tell me your emotional response to it. What if it's neither sadness or excitement? <laughs> if it is not one of if it's not either happy, sad or excited or like some simple emotion that's going to make me sad. So, what if it's existential dread? <laughs> oh, that was our pickling. That was our bond me episode. <laughs> now we're not feeling that. I can't feel that anymore, Joe. Okay. Okay. If you look at our download numbers, on certain weeks, our Joe Picks an NFL Team podcast gets more downloads than this podcast does. You know, it's funny. I was, I was just thinking about this. Uh, you know, picking a podcast topic, picking a podcast topic is like, or creating a good podcast, forget even the picking a topic portion, creating a good podcast is so much about like, the best thing you can do is draft off of something else that's insanely popular. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess makes like, it makes sense from the standpoint of like, if you were opening a restaurant, like, and you're only a mediocre chef. The best thing you could do is to open up a restaurant that serves food that's incredibly popular where you're going to have like more forgiveness to your like mediocrity than to pick like a really like niche type of food and also still be mediocre at cooking it. Yeah, like if you're if you're trailblazing, if you're trying to make something new, you better be so damn good that you're like creating the, you know, the the momentum marketplace. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Or if if you're not that good. You just should be like like drafting off something that's incredibly popular. Now, I think our problem w- was that of the three topics we've done, the most popular one we did first when we were actually like our worst at podcasting. Yeah, yeah. Although maybe, I don't know, if the fans, the fans seemed to like it. We were, we were authentic. We hadn't yet. I mean, look how jaded we've become. We're now, we're now a prestige podcast. Right, right. It wasn't all about the money back then. Although maybe I guess you could argue that back then we were a prestige podcast because we were we were only doing it for like set periods of time. And, you know, because when you're listening to, you know, Malcolm Gladwell's new season came out and it's like, hey, you know, each episode you're getting like 10 episodes. So you got to enjoy them. We also I mean, what's more prestige than being like, we're going to take three weeks off and then do a triple header in one night. <laughs> That's and, true. and you know who can predict it? No one. <laughs> Our movement will be completely unpredictable to everyone. Yeah. And What's we more were so that? delirious. Like, no, literally, we, we've, we we were like, we're artists. No one, can, no one can dictate the terms of our work. <laughs> <laughs> and I was traveling to Seattle with you. We were we were playing uh, Madden. Absolutely. I, look, look, talk about a prestige podcast. Maybe we should just do that again. Maybe we need to take like uh, a three month hiatus from Joe picks a sandwich and do Joe picks an NFL team again. <laughs> Part two. Yeah. Absolutely. Look, it's what the fans want. It is. They just search for everybody just goes to the podcast feed and the number one thing they want to search for, it's not Bon Me, it's not Avocado Toast, 
They want to search for Green Bay Packers. No, look, we made a mistake in that, like, when Serial did its first season and it was really popular, they were like, well, we're not a, like, you know, we're not a crime podcast. We're a serialized podcast, which means we could do any topic. And then every fan was like, no, no, no. We want you to be a crime podcast. Yeah, find another interesting story and tell it like you did this one. Right, we want another true crime story. They weren't like, oh, yeah, tell us about Bo Bergdahl or the fucking Chicago school system or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Cleveland, like, justice system. I was, I was pretty close. I was Midwestern governmental system. Uh, I feel like our fans are trying to tell us the same thing. They're like, we didn't want a podcast about picking. We just wanted another NFL podcast. Yeah, yeah. Not I too mean, bad. what we should have done is just... Like, just like how there's a new NFL season every year and it's like brings new excitement. I I would pick a new team every year. Pick a new team every year for that. And then it's a perfect prestige podcast where we take the entire, take nine months off and then just do three months of like absolute blitzkrieg podcasting. Yeah. Where we go through all 32 teams. What would we talk about? Would we go through the same criteria again and be like, well, the owner hasn't changed. So I still rate that a four. In the in the nine month off season, we would need to have multiple trips to Mexico and okay. brainstorm. And totally each year, fair. we've just got to come up with a fresh take. New criteria, yeah, it's not bad. Look, look, uh, we, we we clearly messed up. <laughs> Absolutely, but we, we we brought the picking theme with us, and we left the NFL behind. We should have done the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> we should have just tried to become sports writers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Look. Look. If it's not clear, we have a lot of regrets. But look, just like Sarah Koenig, we did it the way we want to do it. I've, I, I regret nothing, to be honest. I would the one thing I like about this podcast is I will, you know, this podcast has had such a larger impact on my life. And, you know, it's just like this week or in the last two weeks now, which is huge to have so much more time to get the sandwich. I think I've had four different versions of the sandwich all the way from homemade to getting it at all sorts of different locations. And I really, I, we're, we're going to do a nice takedown of the sandwich. Well, no, that's true. That's true. I mean, I mean, you know, the world cup that was only picking for one, one, one world cup. So like maybe at some point you and I will take a trip to Uruguay. Maybe we will continue to root for them, but like the day to day impact on our life is not that big. And the NFL team, obviously what NFL team you follow is a big deal, but like, you know, it's not like casually rooting for the Panthers has changed my life all that much, but man, picking a sandwich, that's changed everything. Yeah. This sounds exactly like what we were saying in Cancun. And we were like, all the fans out there, they're going to love us talking about sandwiches because it's just, it relates so much to their lives and everybody's interested in sandwiches. Not true. No, <laughs> people people are interested in sandwiches in theory, but they're not listen, interested in listening to an hour's worth of conversation about sandwiches. Absolutely, and uh, honestly, it, I, this might be a, a sizzling hot take. And um, Tony told me that the sound clip shouldn't have been, you know, whatever dumb thing I had. What this? Yeah, this doesn't make any sense. He said it should be like a sizzle sound. Oh, like a sizzling frying pan? Yeah. yeah. Do you have that? No, I don't. I should have. You you would think based on the intro I would have, but you know even with two weeks. But yeah, you know, it's like tss, tss, tss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think people like sandwiches. Oh, there, I don't think people like them. Wow, wow. 
Wow, that is a hot take. Like, think about this. The most popular sandwich, you know, we've talked about is avocado toast, which is like barely a sandwich at all. So so is it like um, people people don't like sandwiches, but they just accept them as a like a convenience in life? Like people don't like like, you know, they don't like like toothpaste, but they like accept that you need toothpaste in the world. Exactly. Like if we had done a podcast where we had actually, it's not a bad idea. Joe picks we, a toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a great season for it. I love it. That's so good because nobody ever thinks about the different toothpastes and everyone uses it. So really, we have a. I mean, the potential audience is 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 a hundred percent of all people. I might just bleep out that last like. <laughs> that's a brilliant idea. Why did we come up with that? I, look, I mean, I think we just we just came up with season four. Joe picks a toothpaste, and like you, you, the criteria can be like obviously like like uh, taste, uh, uh, cleanliness. How many oh, doc- how-, how many how many dentists out of ten recommend it? <laughs> uh, how your teeth feel afterwards? Because sometimes you know some toothpaste you get like gritty feeling in your teeth. Some of them they feel like you know smooth and clean and fresh. Also, like <laughs> breath fidelity throughout the day. So like six hours later, how 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 fresh is? And you maybe like a third party judge say like I'm going to breathe on you in six hours. Like tell me if it stinks or not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow. All right. Oh, maybe here's what we need to do. Maybe our problem with Joe picks a sandwich was we it, it's too open ended because the thing that both of our other seasons had is they had. A, a, an end point in mind and I think people like that I think people like when every episode is building towards something mm. so I wonder if we should just pick a number and say after we do that many sandwiches we're doing the sandwich tournament we're done interesting so, I mean, I'm not saying we should do you know I think we're at 21 right now I'm not saying the number should be 25 but what if the number were 50 and we'd be like we're doing 30 more sandwiches and then we're doing the great sandwich tournament and then the podcast is done. I like it. I like it. Let's because do it. Now, the only thing is that I feel like to give a fair shake, I feel like we need to make sure that no matter what, if we do 50, we do every sandwich that's on the fanwich wheel and on the wacky wheel. <laughs> Wait, there, there, there's so many ridiculous ones on that. Yeah, but we can't not do a sandwich wheel. Well, how about this? What if we only do sandwiches from the sandwich wheel? Well, I mean, there's some pretty classic sandwiches that aren't on the sandwich wheel, too. But they can yeah. do – people can add them if they want. Like, are we not going to do a, a grilled cheese ever? Somebody can put that on there. All right. All right. All right. This is what I think we should do. I think we should take the sandwich wheel, remove some of the more ridiculous items, add what we think are the essential – however many sandwiches like so let's say that there's you know other than taking the ones that are like we have the one that's basically the dutch crunch but it's with brussels sprouts instead of whatever we're not going to do that that's done uh we have the one that when the sandwich says sprouts they don't mean brussels oh right 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 whatever other kinds of sprouts no you're right you're right you're right you're right well wait a second if you're confusing that brussels sprouts might be on the sandwich maybe this is the problem with the podcast no no i mean i got confused because brussels is close to the netherlands so you know it's like a european type of sandwich Interesting. uh uh so we take the sandwich sandwiches that are there okay and we would re- get rid of the ones the one that's too close to dutch crunch get rid of the one that's like uh, i can get rid that- of club sandwich we've already done it boom right. Removed. Get rid of the ones we've done. Get rid of the ones. There's one on there that we have to like deep fry. We're not going to do that. 
Um, and then why don't you and I, and we can put this on the Reddit page and get, get feedback, add to it like what we think the other, like let's say that that, that is a total of 10 sandwiches. We're going to do 30 more. So let's then add the, what we think are the, are the 20 essential sandwiches that we have to do. Hmm. And then we just have one wheel that we spin every week. You know what? I love it. I love it. So then, because here's the thing. I think, I, A, the pressure of picking is a lot. And then there's always the pressure of, are we going to do an like all-time classic sandwich this week? Or like, am I going to pick some random sandwich? Right, right. I love the idea. And that's what our NFL podcast happened. Every week, we had no idea if we were doing New York Jets or Green Bay Packers or Patriots or whatever. You don't know if you're doing like Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Patriots. Like you don't know because it was random. And I think now I, I, I love it. I love the concept of having everything on the wheel and then the wheel picks for us. And then as we remove things from the wheel, that signifies the, the podcast coming to an end. That's right. That's right. And eventually there'll be only one thing on the wheel. And, you know, that's our that's our one sandwich. And this is great. So so now if any listener wants to get any suggestion onto the wheel, they have to send it in now. They have two weeks to send it. Two weeks to send it. Next week, we will spend the first 80 minutes of our podcast talking about what's on the official wheel. Wow. Yeah. Well, boy, that could be an entire podcast Then we don't actually have to do a sandwich. <laughs> uh <laughs> All right, Dan. So, so what's your history with the breakfast sandwich? Yeah, this is an interesting one. So I, it's one of well, the sandwiches. Well, can we just get out of the way of this conversation that I think we need to have? As far as I know, you do not care for breakfast. Definitely. Okay. But now, do you like breakfast food? Is it that you don't like the time of day or you, you're out on the whole meal? I'm out on the fact that I, I wonder... You know, I recently did the the twenty three and Me thing, or this was a recent epiphany that I found that I've always been sort of a late riser my entire life, and you know, I'm I. The whole world is designed for early risers, and I've always been a late riser, which up until the last seven years, when I sort of opted out of society, was a real problem, but. I was like, it's. I'm just a late riser. Like, why is you know society saying early rising is like, is like great? Or and the point of all of this is, 23andMe added a new feature that was like based on your genetics. It says like whether you're an early riser, a late riser, or whatever. And I had no idea this feature existed, so I went on there and looked it up. And lo and behold, on the like scale of early riser to late riser, I was like the 98th percentile of like late riser. Yeah. So like. There's some genetic thing in me that's just like makes me want to stay up late and wake up late. Well, now, I mean, I, had, I before I knew that, that it was something that 23 Me could test for, I'd heard that like there was some theory that like people evolved or that some that like if if you lived in a time when like someone had to like keep watch to make sure that they weren't being like eaten by saber toothed tigers. Yeah. Yep. That like people developed where like in early society that some people stayed up late and some people woke up early so like it would make sense that society would develop different people who favored different things definitely it makes complete sense that you'd want like 80 percent of people or whatever to be like you know quote-unquote normal early risers or whatever then 10 or 20 percent that are like naturally staying up late because whatever they're gonna watch your camp at night and you know 
whatever. And my point of saying all of this is I think there's also probably a genetic thing about like what, when time of day, like your peak appetite is. Mm. And for me, it is just like very clear that I do not like, I just cannot have a big meal at all until like way. And I, it, it does like depend on like when I wake up. So like, you know, if I'm like waking up at eight or 10, it's later than if I were to, you know, wake up earlier. But I like my first big meal of the day is got to be like at least six hours after I wake up. And I will, I mean, like literally no joke, I will some days wake up at, you know, say I wake up at like nine o'clock or something. It, I will go until two or three o'clock and whether I'm working or distracted with something and then think to myself and be like, oh, I haven't even eaten anything yet today. And that's just like it, like I won't be like paralyzed and unable to do anything. I'll, it'll just think to myself like, "Oh, I should probably eat something." Yeah. And so that is the thing that happens for me. So it's not that I'm, you know, to your question about breakfast foods. I sort of like breakfast foods. I don't love them. I sort of like cereal a lot. But to me, it's just and like I know you like cheesy eggs a lot. I've made you that quite a bit. Yeah, I like them, but to me, they don't really have a like. The amount of times I'll have eggs late at night because it's like one in the morning, I want to eat something before bed and there's no other food is 10 times as often as I would ever make myself eggs in the morning just because I'm not hungry in the morning and there's no way I would put in effort to make like a great meal that I'm not even going to like enjoy. So so if I'm understanding you correctly, breakfast food as a time of day, you're out on. Yes. Breakfast food is a type of food you are mediocre on yeah i'm ambivalent to it like i i don't mind it but i it's just a weird thing i don't know the concept of like eating breakfast food not at breakfast like even this week when i i went out to get one version of the the classic breakfast sandwich i i got it at like 1 p.m and well let me ask you this question this is this is a uh uh this is i think the right test you go to a restaurant they have a full normal menu with like entrees and hamburgers and hot dogs and they also have a page on the menu that's like breakfast all day how and and you're there for dinner how likely are you to order off the breakfast all day page like zero percent it's not even not even a chance because i would put put myself at probably 70 percent to order off that page that's that's crazy wow so so from your perspective so I, i know like you're a father of three children Children generally wake up really early. You generally wake up early. I know you cook breakfast yeah. basically every day. And you you cook a fairly elaborate breakfast. You're cooking eggs. You're cooking pancakes. Maybe you're making waffles. I don't know exactly. I have a crepe maker. You're making crepes? Yeah. I mean, you're always making yourself coffee in the morning, which is another thing you do that I do not do, or you're buying coffee. Like, I know to you the the act of breakfast is just like, such an ingrained part of your schedule, but this is like shocking development about how much you like breakfast food. Definitely. I mean, I would say breakfast food is probably my favorite genre of food. And to the extent that you are not a breakfast person, I'm almost during the week, unless we're out at a restaurant, I almost don't, I'll spend days when I don't eat dinner or like my dinner is more like a grazing snack. Like I'll have like, I'll have like some like deli meat or something like on a plate. You know what I mean? But like, but like I'm much more likely to eat a full breakfast, even on days that I'm working than I am to have like a 
full like prepared dinner. Wow. Wow. Yep, we could not could not be more opposite. But but that's that's true. that's that's sort of beside the point of what you said that that even if you had the choice of the two, you would choose the breakfast food the majority of the time. Totally. Totally. And breakfast for dinner is a staple in our house too. Interesting. And what we're just talking eggs, pancakes, that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean the same as what we would make for a regular breakfast, but just for dinner, toast maybe. Okay, now here, let's ask this, relating to this sandwich a little bit. The breakfast sandwich, and I'll get into this a little bit in the history of it, but the breakfast sandwich is merely three things or or four things that are all breakfast foods on their own. Eggs, sausage, cheese, which can be mixed with the eggs or or whatever, if you're having that in, in the breakfast sense, and English muffin, croissant, whatever you want. You said no bagel, so we didn't do bagels, but I actually, I made myself one with an English muffin and the one I bought had a croissant. So both of those. I made myself one with an English muffin. Yeah. So we're talking about four breakfast foods right there, all combined into one. Is your, are these four things like part of your, if you have your all-star breakfast platter, like this is a food that you, this is your favorite, you're getting whatever you want on that breakfast platter for your dream meal. Are these four components on that plate i mean if i were okay so if i'm at a diner and they have breakfast all day the thing i'm probably ordering is yeah eggs and yeah eggs and some kind of breakfast meat and then usually that'll come with like toast or maybe an english muffin on the side now that usually would also come with potatoes which is not really included in a breakfast sandwich which is sort of an interesting like key breakfast like you know everything else you can say that this is sort of a key this is basically taking what you said in your intro, the entire breakfast plate, and then putting it like smushing it together in a sandwich, minus the the um, the potatoes, which I think you could argue is solved by the breakfast burrito, which usually adds potatoes. Hmm. And it, it is kind of funny because when I was reading the history, you know, Serge talked about the history of the sandwich, which you know, spoiler alert, isn't actually more interesting than at some point somebody was like, hey, let's put all these into a sandwich. Um, but it also was like the breakfast sandwich was one evolution of it, but the breakfast burrito was another one where people yeah. in the Southwest were like, hey, let's put these things into a tortilla because that's what you know people in the Southwest did. No, and- I sort of feel like our like our our VORP analysis for this sandwich needs to be like uh, VORP, like value over replacement burrito. Mm, like VORP. is this better? is this better than it would be in burrito form? Yeah, well, that's interesting. I mean, look, this. I, there's another question I have, though, which is a question that all of our fans were asking, which is you were very specific that it had to be sausage. And you just said a second ago you'd have some sort of breakfast meat on your platter. So the question is you can only choose one, sausage or bacon. Which are you choosing? Well, okay. So now, I mean, the other version of this sandwich is bacon or like a slice of ham, like a Canadian bacon type of thing. Yes, yes. Now, for me personally... No, I like all those. For me personally, I find that um, bacon, especially when it's been sitting around for a while, or ham for that matter, can be a little bit chewy. And chewiness is sort of hard in a sandwich because you like take a bite and like, you know, the ham wants to like leave the sandwich with the bite or like you have to like kind of rip it off where like the the sausage, you, you, you can bite through the sausage. The sausage has the same viscosity as the eggs. Yeah. Yeah. The sausage, like the, the texture of the sausage very much meshes with the eggs in the sandwich, which right. we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. But, you know, we're, we're, we're now we're sort of taking an all-encompassing look. 
Now, you also, I, I want to uh, dive into potatoes a little bit, and we won't quite get into Vorb, but on your dream breakfast platter, do you are you having some sort of hash browns or other some sort of potato thing? Is that like one of your other like favorite things? Well, I mean, for me personally, not really, because, you know, I like, if I'm ordering breakfast, part of the reason why I like breakfast is that it's like a relatively like, not carbless, but like low carb meal. So like, I'm not really a big potato person because it feels like um, it's like you're getting a big carb bomb, but also like, you know, n- without the enjoyment of eating bread, which I just would rather have like a piece of bread. It's like you're eating a vegetable that's also not healthy for you. Yeah. Um, so I'm not, I personally am not a big, um, I'm personally not a big potato person or like hash brown person. Interesting. So that might that might help your. Uh, well, I mean, you chose the sandwich, so you chose sausage over bacon. You you chose this over a burrito. Although maybe there's some debate about whether a breakfast burrito yeah, is I mean, also based a on sandwich. Our, based on our taco episode, I feel like uh, picking a burrito would have just led to another um, you know weird episode. Yeah, yeah, we don't want that. Okay, so now that's your history with breakfast. What's your history with the sandwich specifically? Um, I mean, I would say, well, so first of all, my middle daughter, Miriam, it's her favorite food. She loves this, breakfast this sandwich. This sandwich is her favorite food. Wow. Uh, and, um, so we, so we make a lot of them, both the homemade version, the microwavable version, the out of McDonald's version. Uh, you know, so I would say I've, I've had these sandwiches around. I mean, usually if I'm eating breakfast, I'm not eating it in sandwich form. So I guess my my most of my prevalent history is like eschewing this sandwich, eschewing, eschewing, uh, whatever. Not like choosing to eat a different form of this same food. But it is a sandwich we have you know around our house quite a bit. What about you, Dan? Hmm. Well. I- as I was sort of getting into or, or going to talk about before, this isn't, you know, I don't eat a lot of breakfast, but I've certainly had like egg McMuffins before. Definitely. Like, um, I, I mean, my parents would never go to like McDonald's breakfast or whatever, but when I'd be at like summer camp or things like that, where they were like lazy and they were like, let's get everybody breakfast. Um, we'd have these, I'm trying to think if I've, if, if this is like ever like airplane food, I wonder if like a breakfast sandwich is ever anything that would serve on an airplane. I think I've had the microwavable ones, but this this isn't, you know, because I very rarely eat breakfast, like, or I very rarely eat a heavy breakfast and I very rarely like make any effort to get breakfast. So like cereal and milk is like 90% of the time my breakfast and then the other 10 percent of the time is maybe a like pastry that i've gotten like a few days beforehand so um this is just not a sandwich i i have very commonly and um but but it's a sandwich that i've had like 20 plus times in my life you know coming into this week just because it's it's such a classic sandwich so it's interesting because like for something that you know there's lots of other sandwiches that you sort of have like ambivalent feelings about that you've like so like, oh, I've had this once, but it, it speaks to the prevalence of this sandwich. And even a sandwich that you're not that like, that's a genre of food that you don't have really strong feelings about. You've still had it many times. Yes. Yes, definitely. I think that speaks to the, like the like ubiquitous nature of the sandwich. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and um, I don't you don't rate this category, right? No, no. Let's keep on going. What's the history of the sandwich? Okay, so we're gonna. Here's a little excerpt from oh, your favorite God. book and mine. Not not Red Meat Republic, which I have to finish. I'm uh, I'm going to Canada this weekend to celebrate Fanwich Josh's wedding. Oh my God. That's and very I, exciting. I have to finish the book before then. Otherwise, it's going to be super awkward. So I can he... say this on the podcast because I'm sure Josh is way too busy dealing with a bunch of last-minute wedding crap to be listening to this podcast. But <sighs> anyways, Red Me Republic favorite book. But my second favorite book and yours, Breakfast, A History. This is the excerpt from page 45. Breakfast sandwiches of scrambled eggs or fried eggs, cured meats and cheese served on English muffins or biscuits, or sometimes bagels and croissants, are a convenient and therefore popular way to eat in the morning. But breakfast sandwich experienced a somewhat stunted genesis. All of its components, bread, egg, cheese, smoked meat, had been on the same breakfast plate for hundreds of years before anybody thought to stack them together, even as the sandwich had become a fairly regular part of most English diets. After the Civil War, variations on what would be later known as the breakfast sandwich, the not yet eaten for breakfast, were becoming firmly entrenched in the American culinary dialect. American pioneers ate ham and egg sandwiches on their westward journeys, but were not strictly eaten in the morning. The first recipe for a true breakfast sandwich, written in 1897, appears in the cookbook author Maud C. Cook's delightfully garish Breakfast, Dinner, and Supper, or What to Eat and How to Prepare It. And I'm going to, to finish this segment with Maud C. Cook, rest in peace, unless she's still alive, which would be very amazing on her part. Staying alive with these, immortal with these breakfast sandwiches. Her recipe, breakfast sandwich. I think you have you to do st- it in your best Maud C. Cook voice. Use stale bread. Spread each slice with chopped meat. Cover <laughs> with another slice and press together. Cut each sandwich in halves and place them on a plate. Have ready a pint of milk, salted and mixed with one beaten egg. Pour this over the sandwich and let stand a few moments. Put a heaping teaspoonful of butter into a frying pan, and when it begins to brown, place the sandwiches carefully upon it. When nicely browned on one side, add a little more butter, turn, and brown the other side. Wow, there was that was that the version of the sandwich that you tried? Uh, no. So, uh, wait, wait, it, did you pour salted milk on your sandwich? Uh, no. Uh, well, I feel like we need to actually. I mean, I did. So I'm. I feel like we need to wait. Salted milk with one beaten egg. That's just yeah. like your egg beaters. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I mean, anyways, uh, but it, it, just I'll summarize the rest of it. But basically, um, the concept of it. Like, her example there didn't have cheese on it, but it had all the other components of it. The whole thing became more popular after World War II, same as yada, 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 in the fast-moving 70s. The the idea of a convenient sandwich, all the ingredients together on the go, was appealing to Americans. And then the history really took off, and this is from a separate article from none other than the Huffington Post, which talks about the uh, invention of the Egg McMuffin. The Egg McMuffin comes out in 1972. Um, but that's when it was first added to the menu. It was invented by advertising executive Herb Peterson in 1971. He invented it. He was trying to 
make another dish. He was trying to make eggs Benedict that didn't require hollandaise sauce. So he, you know, put all the components together. I don't actually know what's an eggs Benedict, but whatever. He invented the egg McMuffin. He went to Ray Kroc. He said, look at this thing I've made. Ray Kroc was like, that's a genius idea. Put it in McDonald's stores and it absolutely took off. And it was popular in 1972 when he added to the menu. It's been popular for the last 40, 45 years, which is actually kind of amazing to imagine a sandwich being that popular for that long. And in fact, now the article says, you know, since 2015, McDonald's says you can buy this all day. So um, you, can. you can. Yeah, this is this is a sandwich which, um, you know, has been around for at least 100 years of the concept. And I didn't, I talked about the burrito thing before, but that was talking about in the 70s when people were trying to come up with more convenient breakfast. Some people put it on, you know, you can put it on anything, put it on a bagel, put it on a croissant, whatever. You got McDonald's coming out with this thing. You got people in the Southwest making breakfast burritos, breakfast tacos are a thing in Texas, I know. So um, the concept of putting these breakfast things into some sort of vessel, more convenient vessel, seems to be something that really took off in popularity in the 70s, um, but it's been around for much, much longer. Yeah, I mean, that's more or less the history that I would imagine, too, right? It's not like it's a big surprise that, like, um, after World War II, and it just seems like everyone was looking for more convenient ways to eat food, that the sandwich would have taken off. It is amazing. I wonder if the Egg McMuffin is the sandwich that has changed the least on the McDonald's menu. Yeah, it's an interesting question because I I know I I wonder if at some point they stopped using real eggs because I know that they you know recently had com- or I don't even probably wasn't recently but a few years ago they had commercials where it's like we crack an actual egg for every egg McMuffin so uh, if if they have continually used an actual egg throughout it's probably pretty amazing that they've like been doing that continuously for fifty years. Hey. Oh, you're back. Yeah, my computer died. But it, it, it never stopped recording. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I know what you were going to say about how, like, <laughs> you were saying, like, do they do they stop using real eggs? Yeah, I had a whole, like, two-minute conversation about that. No, okay. But whatever you said, it's interesting, right? Because McDonald's will do this thing, and, like, all fast food places, right, where there'll be, like, a big announcement, like, you know, we're now using all beef. And it always makes you wonder, like, wait, 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 what were you using before? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not all beef, evidently. So, like, they're going to come out with an ad one day that's like, now our Egg McMuffin has 100% real egg. And it's going to be like, wait, what were you? And, and and they'll be like, oh, yeah, there was totally fiberglass in that. Wait, that's what I, you weren't listening to what I said because you weren't there. I specifically said that ads were that they were using an egg. Yeah, so so as opposed to what? Well, that's the question. Yeah. All right. Well, we. Boy, I wonder why this podcast is not as good as our NFL one. Connection anyway. issues. No, we just agree on too much, man. Yeah, you're. You're right. You're right. People uh, like disagreements, and you and I are on the same page when it comes to sandwiches. Okay. Uh, yeah, we were. Uh, we we're definitely on the same page when it comes to hot dogs. Okay, rate the history, Joe. Uh, yeah, I mean, eight and a half out of ten. Man, wow. It's a great history. I don't really recall most of it, but that sounds awesome. I feel like in the NFL podcast, you also the scores were like vacillated a little more wildly. Oh, you think so? I definitely. 
I, you know, this history is more like a 4 out of 10. 4 out of 10 for the Egg McMuffin? Okay, it's a 6 out of 10. Okay. Well, Dan, what, what do you want me to pick? I don't know. <laughs> you, you seem to be unhappy with my choices. Well, Dan. also remember in the NFL podcast, the scores like meant something, you know? The scores mean something here. Not really. They absolutely... I, yeah, absolutely. They do to me. I don't think so. All right, whatever. Could the sandwich be in your regular rotation? Prep, availability, and health. Uh, uh, I had the nutritional information for the Egg McMuffin pulled up, but I, I lost it. But from what I remember, it's 300 calories, and it seems relatively healthy except for, of course, super high in sodium and probably pretty high in fat. But other than that, it's perfectly fine. So okay, um, let me let me let me let me let me look. This is a sandwich that they have at fast food places. They have the sandwich at lots of diners, and also like this is this is. There's two things that are unique about this sandwich. One is that you could actually get this sandwich without even ordering it. You could be like, "Bring me your breakfast plate," and then you could just make this sandwich. Have you done that before? Well, maybe I've inadvertently done it. I don't know. But the other thing about this <laughs> sandwich... you inadvertently constructed a breakfast sandwich? Yeah, like you're just sitting there eating your breakfast meal, and you're like, oh, let me put this on some bread. Oh, let me put some bread on top of this. Okay. Interesting. Um, what, what, is, what is more interesting to me about this sandwich, what I really want to talk about, is that I think this is the first sandwich that we've talked about, maybe the Uncrustable, where there's like a lot of microwavable versions of the sandwich. Hmm. So, well, I mean, you like, know better than I do. Frozen, microwavable versions of the sandwich. Yeah, I know that you said that. <laughs> well, I wanted to make it clear that I was talking about frozen microwavable versions. Okay. Microwavable. Okay, I understand. I understand. What I was so as a, a person who's consuming because I, I don't buy this kind of stuff. I won't say this kind of crap, but you know. I think some of our snootier listeners might think that. What? What? But type you're the of... one microwaving hot dog buns for your like. Uh... <laughs> what was the sandwich you microwaved a hot dog bun? Microwave a hot dog bun? Didn't you make a sandwich? Well, you definitely have microwaved every sandwich you've made. I microwaved something. I don't remember what it was. Oh, your meatball sub, maybe. Uh, that's it. Yeah, I microwaved those. Those were frozen meatballs. But yes, okay. Speaking of frozen things, frozen meat products that get microwaved. What? How many different brands are selling this? Do you have a favorite brand? Oh, there's lots of different brands that sell this. Wow. I know, like, Jimmy Dean sells it. I mean, Jimmy Dean is, like, the most, like, common version of it. But, like, there's organic versions. There's, like, uh, you know, you know, nitrate-free versions. There's vegetarian versions. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Everything. Interesting. And and I mean, you go to, like, the frozen food breakfast section, you're going to see, like, 20 different brands. Now, and this is just something that you just commonly have in your house. Well, I told you it's a, you know, it's one of my kids like favorite breakfast food. And obviously I don't have time to make like a real homemade breakfast sandwich every morning. My, you know, my one kid's school, we have to be there at 745. That's early. Well, I'll tell you, if I ever have kids, it's going to be a real problem, Joe. Yeah, exactly. So they don't have elementary school for, you know, late rising parents. They need to. They need to invent that. Okay. So obviously, for availability, this is like a slam dunk. If you're talking about, as you said, 
You can make it inadvertently from any place that has breakfast foods. Its availability is, as you say, there are lots of different varieties in the frozen section. And then obviously the ingredients for it, there's no shortage of them. You could, and every supermarket is going to have eggs, cheese, and frozen sausage. The one downside is that it, it's not something that's on every menu at, at a sandwich place. Like your, your, your sandwich shop you go to may not have this. I don't think any sandwich shop would have this. Right. They're not going to, no sandwich shop is going to be cooking eggs. Well. I mean, sandwich shops don't cook stuff, so they're definitely not going to have eggs. Well, they have like cooked meat maybe. Yeah, but they won't have eggs. I think the meat is different because like the sandwich shop will have like bacon, but they won't, no sandwich shop's ever going to have eggs. Maybe, maybe not. But, but. I agree with you that this isn't going to be on the Wait, menu Joe, at most let's, sandwich let's shops. Let's really get get into a disagreement here. That's what the people want. You're no full sandwich of shit, shop. What the fuck no, are you talking about? No sandwich shop is ever going to have eggs. It, it won't happen. They would never do it. I think every sandwich shop has eggs. Wow. I think we need to make some sort of ridiculous bet based on this. <laughs> hey, man, this could be the next sandwich court. <laughs> okay. So, Somebody will argue that a sandwich place does have eggs. Will never have eggs. No, will never. They have to argue that it never will have... No sandwich shop has eggs. The other person has to argue that every sandwich shop has eggs. Those are the only two options. We should have that. That'll be interesting. All right. At some point, we've got to pepper in an all-sandwich court episode. Tony, Pam, do it. I I would really love to hear the... All sandwich shops have eggs argument. <laughs> All right, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. This is it. This is our next sandwich court. Next episode. Tune in. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is pretty high on availability. Do you disagree, Dan? No. Come on. No. Give me your I think. Head. Oh shit. Sorry. Uh, yeah, you can't find this anywhere. <laughs> this. Well, I, I will actually. Here, I'll, 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 I'll be able to dissent correctly here. If we go back in time to a week ago Monday, when before we had become a prestige podcast, when I was thinking to myself, shit, we're recording a podcast tonight. I have yet to have this sandwich. I need to go get this now. But I was like, oh, interesting point. No problem. No problem. My local Vietnamese place that also sells banh mi's. I know they have breakfast sandwiches on their menu. It's like they do pastries, they do like coffee, they do banh mi, and they do breakfast sandwiches. So they got it. Uh-huh. No uh-huh. problem. I so know what I, you're gonna say, and I agree with you hundred percent. So I walk over <laughs> So I walk over there and lo and behold, I get out front, I don't yep. see any of the tables out there. Yep. The umbrellas aren't there. They're closed on Monday. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Wow. You really, that was a curveball. What did you think I was going to say? What I was going to say is that you were going to get the dreaded breakfast served until 11 a.m. Oh, oh. Well, I, I actually was worried about that when I went back to this place but when, at 1 p.m., but they happily still served it. So now, I mean, actually, now that you've really, you know, inadvertently made an argument that I kind of agree with. This is the only sandwich that we've talked about so far that has a microwavable version that's, like, any good. Oh, wait. I didn't even get to say the rest of my argument. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay, finish agree. your argument. I thought your argument well, was that the restaurant that had this closed, was closed on Monday, so it's not that available. 
Well, yeah, and this is a point. I'm in the middle of a Castro, a very hot, trendy part of town, though not really a business center, which I think probably is important for this because business centers, I think, tailor more to the breakfast crowd. But then I like looked on Yelp for breakfast sandwiches. I was like, I got to get one somewhere else. Literally nothing within like a half a mile radius also served a breakfast sandwich. So my only choice was, again, before we were a prestige podcast, I had to go to the supermarket on the way home and then just get all the ingredients and make one myself because they're like within outside of that, the Vietnamese sort of all serves everything. Nothing else in, you know, half mile from my house served this sandwich because it, it is somewhat dependent. Like you have to have the type of places that cater to a breakfast crowd. If you happen to live in a place that, you know, what I, I honestly, I think it probably has to do with like, uh, are there a lot of people like going to work nearby or whatever? If you're going, if you're in a place where there aren't a lot of like places of work nearby, which the Castro's certainly one of them. There are a few businesses, but the Castro's more of like a a bar restaurant type of area. There's not many offices. Then I don't think there are going to be that many places available to get this sandwich. Like certainly, if you if you need to be like within walking distance. So here's what I think is interesting. So you're right. You're right. Yes, it is probably more of a specialized sandwich. The other thing is that like, is have we talked about any other sandwich that it would be reasonable for a restaurant to be like, oh, we serve that, but only at this time? Like, well, I think it'd be like you might go in there and order like a BLT, and they're like, well, we don't. That's on our lunch menu, so like we don't serve that yet, but. I think I guess. you're going to get the, like, I think if it's on the lunch menu, it's probably on the dinner menu. Exactly. Probably. Right. You're like 80% chance it's on the dinner menu. But there's a lot of places that only serve breakfast at a certain time. Definitely. Which is sort of weird because why stop? Like, it's not like it's that, like, is it that much different to be cooking breakfast foods? It really is an interesting question. I think I wonder the thing about breakfast foods is they can sort of be like cooked in bulk because like, you know, if you have sausage sitting around for like 10 minutes, like what's the difference? So I think you can sort of make it in bulk and I think eggs, you can sort of do that too. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a restaurant here. Gonna tell, I'm sure there's a logical reason because so many restaurants do it. But it yeah. does seem odd that like, you know, you know, why not just serve it all day? I mean, you'd have thought with two weeks in between episodes, we could have looked into this. Yeah, well, I mean, look, we're not a prestige podcast yet. We're 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 transitioning to a prestige podcast. It takes weeks. <laughs> you know, like when Malcolm Gladwell does it, he's like, uh, and when I this topic came up, I was thinking, I know just the person I want to talk to. Like this, the expert on this is Barack Obama, and here's my interview with him. I flew out to Chicago with my producer, and here's our conversation. And you're like, God damn it. He really thought of everything. Look, here's the thing. When we produce 10 episodes a year, we can get Barack Obama, too. Like, right now, we need to be like, uh, you, you know, you are, you know, I'll be you for a second. You'll be like, why don't they serve breakfast after 11? And it'll be like, Joe, that's such an interesting question. So we asked Tom Calicchio. <laughs> Host of Top Chef. Yeah, <laughs> here's our here's our interview with Tom at his Vegas at his Vegas restaurant. <laughs> Joe, Joe and me and our producer went to Vegas. The only place to answer this question, Sin City. Uh, we should okay. go to Vegas. Yeah, look, 
If Tom Kalikia wants to come on our podcast, I'm in. I'm in. All right. So, yeah, availability. Maybe that's what we need. We need more big guests. We need we need a single big guest, let alone more. <laughs> we need a guest. One one guest. <laughs> All right. Who's the most famous person you know, like personally? Uh, n- nobody. You can't say Josh. I mean, he's a published author. Oh, uh, yeah. I know Josh. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that it wow that's well, I, I mean honestly i guess i i was tr- like if fame is like number of like media outlets that person spoken on then it probably is josh uh-huh. i mean i know somebody through you who i know is like a thousand times more famous than any of oh them. yeah absolutely yeah yeah we should get Pramila on the podcast yeah. Pramila, she would do it no, she should not do it. I don't, I don't, I don't. She, I mean, I would not advise her to do it. <laughs> this, this podcast <laughs> is political suicide. We could be like we're hosting a podcast about Medicare for all, and then just ambush her, a- ambush her with sandwich questions. You know who should we should get on this podcast? Donald Trump, because he, like, he could actually probably talk about like the egg McMuffin. I mean, the funny thing is, for as terrible as Donald Trump is, I feel like. He would be much more engaging on the topic of breakfast sandwiches than Pramila would be. I think breakfast sandwiches might be one of the few topics he actually knows something about. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Uh, the problem he, is he would do the interview on the podcast <laughs> and then everybody would listen to him and be like, oh, my God, he's so smart and articulate. And it's just like all the <laughs> politics stuff he just doesn't care about. So that's why he's always like bumbling and being like an idiot. But he's actually like a genius about a certain few topics. He'd still he'd still shoehorn in, you know, the number of emails that he thinks Hillary Clinton deleted. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. That's the other thing about breakfast. 35,000 deleted emails. And those millions of illegal votes. Ugh. Uh, all right. So as we were saying... I think that the breakfast sandwich is a mixed bag here, as we talked about it more. I think it's a 6 out of 10. I think it's a fair score for it. 6 out of 10. Do you remember what category that score was for? That was for prep and availability. All right. Very nice. Very nice. Look at you. Okay. Now, this podcast is taking off. You know what? At the beginning of the podcast, I was sort of down on it, but now I'm I'm, I'm rising. I'm coming back up. We're in a groove. Yeah, absolutely. This is good. I hope our, our... our fans are still listening at this point they're hoping for more arguments joe so uh, let's uh one of us has to take a pro rob stance one of them has to one of us has to take an anti-rob stance for this the question that everybody's been waiting for is it a first date sandwich yeah is it rob begins hey fellas now here's an interesting first date sandwich the possibilities extend from fine to touchdown dance if you're choosing this as a brunch first date, it's a little odd. It seems to lack sophistication and worldliness and comes off as unrefined. But not a deal breaker. Women can fix unrefined. Or, oh, Jesus. Or many believe they can. In my case, only to be disappointed later. If you're choosing this as a late night post bar bite, chances are you're on the way to a drunk hookup. Keep it simple. Get some grub. Move on to the fun. The most likely of all first date scenarios for the sandwich, though, is you're making this for your date in the morning. So in that case, it's all icing on the cake. Rob's date rating, she asks for your number, exclamation point. I feel like Rob writes this cat. I feel like he's someone who's who has never actually dated, but has like watched a lot of movies about dating. 
You think? I don't know. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> scratching everything he said, Dan, we've talked about a lunch first date. We've talked about the possibility of a picnic first date. What do you think about the idea of a breakfast first date? Well, I just want to slow down and revise that previous conversation. It was really bad podcasting by me. You made <laughs> I said, quote, you know, question mark. And then you said, I don't know. I don't know. And then change the subject. Ah, <laughs> uh, the prestige podcasting indeed. <laughs> well, what do you think, Dan? What do you think about breakfast first date? Well, I, I actually, as somebody who, who has, I, I think I've definitely done late night food on the way to a hookup, though I would prefer to get the hookup in the bank before before getting to food because once the any when you're like at the party and you're ready to go, it's like anytime you're introducing a new variable like, oh what well, you know, let's just get something at Wendy's on the way home. Who knows, you know, you might meet up some random person at Wendy's that somebody yeah. might get you know, a- any number of things could happen. So if you're at a party and somebody's like, let's get some grub, I say Change this. Do the do the uh, thing that you just did, where you just say, "I don't know," and then change this. You'd be like, "Uh, yeah, let's uh, you know, let's get some food, but uh, let's go to my place first because I need to like change shoes or something." You know, ignore that. Totally. But he is. I I have the the after like one of the absolute hallmarks of like millennial dating is the the like brunch the morning after like. I, if you hook up with a girl or guy or whatever person you want, and they like spend the night at your place, they and it's the next day's a weekend day. They're gonna expect you to take them out to brunch. Like you gotta oh, really and and because that's when it's just like the night before you've been like drinking and you know having fun, and then obviously at night you slept together. But it, it's the morning time. Nobody's drunk anymore. It's like. We're now you're now like meeting the person and you're like you're you're like, can this be a person I can actually date like in the daylight, in the daytime, like without drugs affecting it? And in that case, I'm still not convinced the the breakfast sandwich is makes sense for that type of scenario because this type of What's the ideal order for that type of scenario? You you you'd rather have the breakfast platter because you're not on the go. Like the whole point of that brunch is to like experience the other person in the light of day um, in a conversation. The breakfast not, sandwich might might send the message that you're like afraid of commitment. Yeah, a breakfast sandwich is an on the go. You know, as you're saying, like your your daughter is saying, "I want my favorite breakfast sandwich," and you're saying, "I'm busy. I'm going to microwave one for you and give it to you." Everybody's happy with that, but. That's not the message you want to be sending, like, the morning after. Like, this is your chance to, like, talk and, you know, again, experience, like, a different facet of the relationship. You don't want to be sending that, that, that signal, like, hey, let's, can we hurry this up? Yeah. Like, the ideal order for that is, like, is like getting, like, a deep dish pizza and you're like, this is going to take 45 minutes to cook or whatever. Well, but you're like, that's okay. I'm, I'm confident in us filling a 45-minute conversation. <sighs> I mean, a little bit of a weird brunch order, but, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly worldly, as to to use uh, Rob's thing. I'm not sure, though. It would be a little strange, for yeah. sure. You're like, I'll have the deep dish pizza, and they're like, Sir, you're out of Denny's. We don't serve. That. <laughs> we don't serve that. You're like, I thought the customer was always right. 
Get me a goddamn deep dish pizza. I also don't know if the millennial brunch spot is Denny's, if that's the number one spot. Though, now what, I will about, say, now like, what about now? What about the breakfast first date that isn't connected to like a like hookup? Like, okay, you're on, um, you're on like uh, uh, whatever, OK Cupid or Bumble or whatever. Well, they, the perfect one is coffee meets bagel, which is okay. like, and someone says to you, "Hey, I'm interested in you, right? Let's let's meet up." And like, is it weird to be like, "Oh, I'm you know, I'm free Saturday at eleven. Let's go to this breakfast place." Is that weird? I think. I think that's fine, but the first date, you know, it's got to be. It's still. I don't think you're bringing sandwich into it. If you you're, you know, have a cup of coffee, and even then, it is weird because I'm actually trying to think which would be less strange: ordering like a full breakfast platter or ordering the the breakfast sandwich. And I think maybe the breakfast sandwich is better because the full breakfast platter would be so out of place. But still, you're you're you're. Definite order. I mean, again, this this maybe this is why the podcast is is flailing because of these the category. Like the correct thing is don't order food. Although I think Rob has correctly pointed out two times the late night and the the morning after brunch where this sandwich you know could play a part. But you you really want to I think show your worldliness with like your bizarre coffee order. I don't think you want to go beyond that on that like afternoon or morning date if it's like a first date. Oh, interesting, interesting. Okay, okay. So 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 not a good first date, not a good first date sandwich. Yeah, I don't think it's a good first brunch sandwich. I don't think it's a good first date sandwich. Uh, and again, as a late night. Here's the thing I will say to that. If you're like, hey, you know, let's go to my place, partner of choice of any gender or sex, and he or she is like, I got to eat something. Like, I definitely want to have sex with you, but I need a little bit of energy. The breakfast sandwich might not be the worst thing because, again, it is like fast and convenient. And, you know, if there's a McDonald's nearby, they've got the 24-hour breakfast. You walk in, get a couple of Egg McMuffins. I'm not sure if it's the best pre-sex food, but it's, you know... It's certainly not the worst. It's not the worst. Okay. So so it sounds like this is right middle of the road. It's not a failing score, but it's not great either. Uh, Let's give it a a five and a half out of ten. I think if we did the podcasts for season four, Joe Picks a Toothpaste, then I would actually be interested to see what's a good toothpaste that pairs... Like, Ooh, what's a good first date toothpaste? Yeah, you have the egg McMuffin. Oh, yeah. It's a late mm-hmm. night hookup situation. What's a good toothpaste? You can just quickly, you know, get that sort of. Although, is the egg McMuffin the worst? Does is that like the worst egg breath sausage no, I mean, breath? Well, there's also there's no garlic in it. There's no, I mean, like other than just whatever spices you put on your egg. You know, it's it's not bad, but I agree, it's not great either. Yeah, yeah. Well, riveting stuff. <laughs> okay. Five and a half out of ten. What's next? Does the sandwich taste good? Ooh. Well, Dan, what do you think? Well, as I said, it's a bit of an awkward spot for me because I don't normally have breakfast. And, you know, it's like it is it, it's the conversation we talked about. When I'm getting the breakfast sandwich, I'm not like adding uh, I'm not like eating this breakfast sandwich like right after I wake up as like an extra meal. 
every time I had the breakfast sandwich, I was like, well, I normally would get some sort of lunch food, and now I'm going to get the breakfast sandwich because I have to. So I think in that context, the one I got, I so I, I later went to, to uh, the Vietnamese bakery place, and they had, you know, they have a, a breakfast sandwich that they had a choice of whether you wanted it on a muffin or a croissant. I like croissant, so I got it on a croissant. I wasn't sure how they were going to, like, fill, because a croissant's, like, giant. So I wasn't sure what they were going to do. But this croissant came back filled with egg, with a nice cheese. I chose cheddar cheese to go with it. And then for sausage, they just actually put, like, sausage links in there. It was that's like... A, that's weird. It was weird. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Vietnamese preparation. But I'll tell you, I took a bite into that thing. It was fantastic. Like, it's... The sausage is, like, greasy and delicious. The eggs are good. And I think a croissant... I mean, I love croissants. The croissant is just, like, like just the right texture to me. for the, It's flaky. It's buttery. Combining with the very savory sausage. And, you know, eggs are eggs. Um, but... Oh, and melty cheese on there. It's, it's, it's fantastic. It's... To me, I think the the if I could like reset my brain and think to myself, this is not a breakfast food, like this is an afternoon food, I would think of it so much differently and maybe even more positively. But in my brain, I'm like, this is like this is a breakfast food, this is weird, you know, what are you doing? But I think if I could get that out of my brain, I mean the one I had was fantastic. It was a really, really delicious you know, gratuitous, uh, greasy sandwich on on a buttery croissant, but it was it was fantastic. Like it was just delicious. There's just not nothing else to say about it. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I think that the one thing that you can say about this sandwich, like whatever, whether it's a first date appropriate, whether it's it's available, I'm sure it's a monster. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the sandwich is definitely good tasting. Like. There's a reason why all these breakfast foods – and you think about like, you know, when you say to someone like, think of dinner food, right? They're going to be like, uh, what do you mean? Like uh, spaghetti, pizza, uh, taco, right? right? Like it's anything, right? It's like oh, every type of food. When you say think of breakfast foods, most people are going to say some version of a bread product, an egg product some kind of breakfast meat, which is basically bacon, ham, or sausage. Yeah. Uh, and so so, so it's like there's a sort of perfect symbiotic nature to breakfast ingredients that they've been like, they've stood the test of time of like just generally being good together and complementing each other. And the yeah. essential thing that you want in any sandwich is for not just the flavors, but the flavors and the texture and the amount of saltiness and the variety of flavors to all sort of come into it. And there is, I just feel like this is a very well-balanced sandwich in terms of like the the texture and the different flavors. And you can kind of taste all the elements, but they all combine well together. So I think it's a very, I mean, there's a reason why I want to do this. I think it's a very tasty sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Now, I will say... I I personally like the croissant version better than the English muffin version. Um, what did you think? Yeah, and it's it's a little tough to compare because I made the English uh, muffin version at home, and I had the uh, croissant version. And I will also say this: in a last night 
in a 1 a.m. hungry situation, I all my English muffins had gone bad, so I made one with white bread. Oh, no. It was actually fine. How is that? I mean... Yeah, it's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's... I mean, it's... it's Did it's you toast wh- the white bread at least? Well, I I used an end piece. I toasted it a little bit on top, and I ate it sort of like a taco. Oh, that's... That's, yeah, that's a, a, a very interesting choice. Yeah, it actually was fine. I mean, but I mean, I love croissants. They're like buttery and delicious. Yeah. The, to me, the the English muffin is just, you know, it, the English muffin is sort of like the densest of the of of those. Like a, a croissant is obviously like super light and flaky. A bagel is like thick and tough, but bagels were out of this but an english muffin is sort of like it's sort of like crumbly but it's also like it's got some right. some density density yeah, it's a little it. dry though i don't i'm not a big english muffin fan and yes it is dry and that is a, a croissant is absolutely is certainly not because the croissant is flaky and buttery um so and like the egg mcmuffin biscuit version i'm actually a fan of biscuits but biscuits aren't like you know you and i are well i guess you're sort of from the south in virginia but like biscuits aren't part of my like home eating repertoire at all what you saying about the South? I, I prefer your Southern gentleman. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, croissant all the way. I agree with you. I'm out on the English muffin, first of all. If if the English muffin, like, disappeared from existence today, I think the world would be fine. I totally agree. And also, I mean, you know, we have strongly held beliefs in this podcast about the uh, the Thomas... Thompson Corporate Thomas Thomas the Thomas Corporation and what they did to the bagel unions unless of course they sponsor this podcast in which case all is forgiven yeah we'll just we'll we'll go back and 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 re-record the bagel episode to uh, talk about how great they were that they invented this efficient way of making bagels and by the way like English muffin they're like uh, we've got nooks and crannies like that's their uh, that's their marketing like yeah. if that's what you're advertising literally the aspects of the your product that aren't there that your product does not exist your product sucks <laughs> yeah it's like if bagels were advertising the hole in the middle of the bagel yeah yeah <laughs> like we, we know this is like tough and terrible but at least in the middle part there's nothing yeah yeah bagels now with bigger holes Maybe our whole podcast should be us roasting different foodstuffs. Oh, interesting. Not actually like roasting food, but like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, oh yeah, it could be like a Comedy Central, like a, a Friars Club roast, but the topic is like food. And we need to get, I feel like these comedians out there always want to do podcasts. So I wonder if we could just pretend this is like a big podcast and see if we can get them to come on. Totally. Like Jerry I mean, Seinfeld. What's he doing? Yeah. Be like, we'll come on your uh, Coffee and Cars pod show if you come on our show. <laughs> A classic. No, w- let's play hardball. Be like, we're too busy to go on your, your Cars show. If but... you come on our show for five episodes, we'll do a, a, a teaser for your Coffee with <laughs> your coffee and Cars show, whatever it's called. You would love that show. I mean, you don't care about Cars, but you, would, you like coffee. I do like coffee. Yeah, I would watch it for the coffee. I, I don't care for the comedians or the cars. <laughs> you drink like 10 cups of coffee and Jerry would be like, could this guy drink any more coffee? What's the deal with drinking more coffee? <laughs> All <Yeah>. right. <laughs> <laughs> Your Jerry Seinfeld voice was actually the right one. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. What are we talking about? Eight out of ten. Is there going to be any coffee left? Somebody called the Malaysian prime minister. This guy's drinking them out of all the coffee beans. I feel like your Jerry Seinfeld is more of like a Rodney Dangerfield. (laughs) This guy ain't getting no respect for how much coffee he drinks. Gee, this guy can put away the coffee, I tell (laughs) you. All right. Uh, yeah, what are we talking about? This is yeah, eight out of ten, man. This is great. This, great is, a, this is bad. This is this is the great, prof, tough part with an unedited podcast. <laughs> great flavor profile. Okay, uh, what's next? Is, is this... the sandwich a monster? Yeah. All right. Let's here we. I guess we quasi have a guest. What's the what's the deal with sandwiches that are monsters? <laughs> you said monsters like in a like monster town, like in a scary movie thing. Okay. Go ahead, Josh. Okay, so we're talking about the sausage, egg, and cheese today. Pretty standard breakfast sandwich. Um, it's kind of got all the major monstrous food groups. You got the meat, the dairy, the egg, not really any veggies, so that's not great. On the other hand, breakfast sandwich is usually pretty modest, so maybe its monstrosity depends a bit on the size. You get a small breakfast sandwich, eh, it's probably fine. You get one of these huge ones that's going to leave you with a stomach ache, that's pretty monstrous. So on the monster scale, I'm going to have to do a monster that maybe gets worse as it grows in size. So the blob. That's a good good level of its monstrosity. Is there a monster out there that doesn't get worse as it grows in size? Like I would be much more terrified of like a 20-foot Dracula than like a 4-foot Dracula. Definitely. I mean, that was the, the, you know, growing up, I used to watch the Power Rangers and that was the mechanic in every episode. There would be the monster, and then the and Power then Rangers just... would be fighting it. And then the, like, woman who controlled the monsters would throw, a, like, a magical thing, and then the monster would get, like, 50 times bigger. And then it's 50... It, then, then the monster's, like, knocking down buildings and stuff. And then the Power Rangers, every time, were like, oh, no, what are we going to do? This monster's really big. And then they remember they had, like, the giant oh, yeah. Power Ranger machine. We can get big. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they can't get big, but their machine would get big, and then the machine would like fight it. Why did they just do that to start with, though? Wow, that's it's a question we all were asking ourselves every episode. Like, if they had just got in the machine right away, they could have just like stepped on the monster when it was small. Yeah, or why don't they use a machine to step on the person who's controlling the monster? Because she's on some weird planet. Which is amazing. Like, she's got the arm on her is amazing because she's like on some planet and she throws this thing all the way like onto Earth and she hits a spot. Like, she's hitting, she, like, in order for the thing to work, I think she has to hit like really near the monster. So she's like on another planet throwing this thing and she's hitting it to like within like a five meter area. Geez, that's ridiculous. I mean, notice you think I just, used. Like, yeah, well, I mean, obviously it was metric. <laughs> for our uh, European listeners. No, I mean, this podcast is a metric podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, wait, wait, now we're supposed to disagree more. No, we, I, we do not use a metric system here, Dan. Okay, she always gets it within 15.3 imperial feet. Um, yeah, so I, I wish Josh had talked more about eggs because I don't know. Are, are eggs monstrous or not? Yeah, I think a, a happy chicken can lay happy eggs. I don't think that's what actually happens, but I think it's theoretically possible. Yeah, I mean, well, okay. <laughs> okay. 
Is that an on podcast yawn? No, not at all. He does make a good point, though. <laughs> there is one point that he makes that's good. Bre- like, I've never seen a giant breakfast sandwich. I mean, the one I got from the Vietnamese place is pretty damn big. Yeah, I can't imagine that. Like, it was big. I'll most breakfast sandwiches that I've seen are basically one egg sandwiches. This was the size of a croissant, so it was like big. I mean, but I cr- was. But croissants vary in size, Dan. It was a big croissant. Okay, I mean, you could say that, but you, you can't say the size of a croissant. Like, that's like, you know, saying it was like the size of a bread. Bread is different. Okay, the croissant was probably 30 centimeters by 10 centimeters. In the croissant shape. So, like, shaped like a please, football. Please put that in inches. Uh, that would be... <laughs> actually, that's way too big. Because that would be, like, 12 inches. It was not... <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be 12 inches by 4 inches. Yeah, it was, it was definitely Jeez. not that big. It was probably 6 inches by 3 inches. Okay. So, yeah, uh, you know, on the monster scale, look, let's say... Yes, I mean, he makes another good point. There's... There's not even no one puts a tomato on the sandwich. There's not even the option of vegetables. So you're really yeah. filling yourself up with bread or meat. So that's not great. But it is small, five out of ten, right down the middle. Wait, bread is fine. Bread is fine. Okay, moving right along, the celebrity Bing search. Okay, I mean, look, there was only one thing that came up when I celebrity Bing this, and it was apparently uh, one of your favorite celebrities. Uh, wow. Raw. Ronda Rousey, UFC superstar. I thought you were going to say Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield did a did a sexy ad for uh, the Carl's Jr. breakfast sandwich. Hmm. That's it. That's all I got. That's the only thing that came up. That was it. All right. What are your feelings about Ronda Rousey? Very negative. Well, I mean, not very oh. negative. Very indifferent. Hmm. All right. Well, it's a pretty big difference. Well, well, I don't think I would recognize or know Ronda Rousey if I if she came up and introduced herself as Ronda. I would still not be like, "Oh, you're that famous Ronda." Wow. Would you? Oh, definitely, one hundred percent. Really? Yeah, I Even know what she, she looks wasn't like. wearing boxing gloves or whatever they wear. No, I know what she looks like because I saw. I I once went over to a friend's house who was doing a uh, WWE Royal Rumble viewing party and she was like rumored to be taking part in it and she wasn't actually in the event but she had like a big cameo and uh yeah and you know when she came out i wasn't like who is that person i was like oh that's ronda rousey she came out wow got it how exciting that's where you and i differ (laughs) (laughs) we're always always disagreeing you i guess what is our disagreement here you don't know who Ronda Rousey is. It's not really a disagreement. And you do, you piece of shit. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you know someone who I don't? Hmm. Uh, I think this is not a great celebrity story. Three out of ten. I'm sorry, Dan. What's a celebrity that you know that I don't? Oh, probably lots of celebrities. Name one. What's a celebrity that you could recognize that I can't? Okay, like, okay, you know I'm into, like, Pop music, right? Like, would you recognize Selena Gomez if she walked into, like, 100%. restaurant that you were in? You, I know oh, exactly you really what she looks like. Okay. What about Demi Lovato? That's interesting. I cannot picture in my head what Demi Lovato looks like. Yeah. I, I think if she walked in, I have no, no idea who that is. What about Kesha? Urgh. 
that's going to be tough. And first of all, I mean, the last time I saw Kesha in a music video was like 10 years ago. So I'm, I've, I'm sure I'd have no idea what she looks like. Yeah. Okay, what about? I'm out on Kesha. What about Common? I think Common definitely because he's in those Microsoft commercials. Anybody who's in like a commercial, I, I've seen every single commercial. So I just learned who Common, Common was this week. So, so I wouldn't. But, but now I would. Now he's the voice of those Microsoft commercials. You've definitely oh, seen really? it in those sporting events. Okay. When they're like talking about how Microsoft is like doing some fancy thing and he's like, innovation is everywhere. That's common. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, 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 I'm a little bit older than you. Are there people that were, were really like big celebrities in like the gap that I, you know, that like I may have more like early awareness than you do? Like, uh, you know, say by the bell. Did you like say by the bell? I love Saved by the Bell. Okay. See, yeah, I could, I'm not, I'm not that much older than you. That's the problem. Uh, but Dustin Diamond walked in. I'd be like, well, I think he's, his life has like gone to absolute shambles. But yeah, I'd be I like, hey, guy. Screech. And then he would not like that. He would not, he would not be a fan of that. No. No, he'd be upset by that. Uh, what about like – Did you watch uh, – Oh, yeah. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I'm wondering there's like a series of like the the kind of shows that were like before my time but I know are popular. I'm trying to think like Brady Bunch. Did you ever watch that? No, I was too yeah, no, no, I'm not no, I was too yeah, uh, too young for that. Family Ties? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so if the dad from Family Ties walked in, would you recognize him? Is that Urkel? Urkel's dad? Was Urkel no, in that show? No, that's Family Matters. Oh, okay. <laughs> Family Ties was the one with Michael J. Fox. Yeah, I would know Urkel's dad. I think I would rec- – well, I don't think I'd recognize him now because he's probably 30 years older if he's still alive. But I would have no idea anybody from Family Ties. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. See? There you go. All right. So Demi Lovato and, and, and the father from Family Ties. And Kesha. And Kesha. You'd recognize Kesha. You know what Kesha looks like right now. Well, I mean, that's an interesting question. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how different she looks than what she looked like – a few years ago. I don't know. Probably. Right, well, here's here's a, a thing for our fans. Some of our one of our fans should go out and find five pictures where one of them is Kesha. Okay. Or do the okay. really sneaky no, no, thing no. where all five of them are Kesha. Yeah, no, for, for, yeah. Next week we're going to we're going to start our new segment, is it Kesha or not? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a popular segment. Wait. What if we get Kesha on the show? Look, well She'd be on the show, and, and one of us have to guess. Look, it's it's a it's a segment: Kesha or not Kesha. <laughs> Wait, how are your contacts with Atlantic Record Label? <laughs> Does Pramila know them? I mean, that's the closest. That's the best shot we have. <laughs> Does Josh know them? <laughs> yeah. Was his audiobook produced by Atlantic Record Label? <laughs> It'd be amazing if it's like, oh, actually, Kesha did the female. A narrator version of it is 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 common gonna sample part of josh's book in his next uh album by the way chapter three was fascinating i'm gonna have finished it by friday but chapter three really very interesting stuff it's funny you say that i know we're supposed to be disagreeing so far chapter three is my favorite chapter and i'm on chapter four right now so yep. i haven't but of the four that i've read or the three and a half that i've read three was great yeah, I like three a lot. Big fan of three. Yeah. He's still, you know, too many spoilers. He does it at the beginning of every chapter, too. But I really, I liked in three where there was like the thing that was actually talking about like how cattle physically like 
like their behavior when they're being moved. And I was like, oh, this is exciting because this wasn't spoiled for me. And like, this is crazy. Like, I never, it's just a thing that you, I would have never thought about is it's like, if you need to move cattle from point A to point B, like, what is, like, how do you do that? What is like? Well, also, I think that the, I, I think that the whole conversation about the Texas cattle flu was really like an allegory for the debate about um, climate change. The Texas cattle for the like fever, Texas fever yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Was it? Well, like the way that they're like rejecting the science and basically they're like these these crazy northerners think that the cattle fever is spread by these imaginary things called germs. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I thought you were saying that the entire book was an allegory for climate change, but I see it was just this one instance yeah i mean you can't say that like a factual book is an allegory because it's like really an allegory for what actually happened yeah 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 it was interesting because it was very clear that like the people who it was like a confusing thing that nobody could explain because that but that's it's not the thing like in global warming like people know what's happening and can explain it and, but no people i think people just understood what was happening it. then too they just like like there was no debate that it was these texas cows that were making everyone sick well, they didn't know how it was happening, though. Oh, they knew. <laughs> they, they didn't know. Like, at the time, there was, like, one veterinarian in the entire... Like, the first veterinarian existed. Like, obviously, they did not have, like, a deep depth of, like, scientific understanding about what the hell is going on. So next week, new segment. Kesha or not Kesha, I'm in. All right. That's, that's on the thing. That's going to go right in between, is a sandwich a monster, and, well... It should probably go earlier because it's too related to the Celebrity Bing search. Okay. So I'm going to send you two images. You have to decide if they're Kesha or not. All right. No, I'm sending it to you. I don't know what Kesha looks like. You said you could recognize Kesha. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, It's time to put the classic breakfast sandwich on Fanwich J's cutting board, which, by the way, has been sent out. I mailed Thank God. it. Thank God. I mailed it last week. Little thing, little fact I did not know is I mailed one of these cutting boards before and it was like 20 bucks. And I was like, oh, great. That's how much it costs. And then I went to UPS website and it was like $60 to mail this goddamn thing because Fanwich J. He's a Trump tariffs, man. I don't want to dox him, but he lives in Georgia. He lives all the way across the country. And I didn't realize that when you're shipping something, like it costs way more money to ship something to Georgia than it did my last cutting board. I was just shipping up the West coast to Portland, Oregon. So big mistake on that. Should have, should have given it to Tony and just handed it to him. Or, or Tony could have mailed it from Cincinnati, which is much closer. Ooh, he could have done that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could have just taken the $60 and just bought four copies of Josh's book. I mean, just with people... Okay, here's a question for you. With people that you know who travel and fly, and then all the people that they know who travel and fly, how hard would it be to get for you to get something to Georgia without using the postal service? How long would it take well, you to get it there? Well, again, I can't dox Jay, so I can't disclose where in Georgia he's located. Okay, forget it. Let's just say... Okay, let's, forget Jay. Take him out of the equation. How hard would it for you to get something to... Uh, uh, let's say uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Well, I think Kansas City would be harder because, again, I don't want to dox Jay, but he's in Atlanta, Georgia. So that's okay, like... Fine. <laughs> okay, fine, 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 fine. How do you get somebody to Atlanta without mailing it? 
Like, okay, you send it with Tony. He goes and send, and then does Tony know people who fly to Atlanta? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Why? Why are we talking about this? I don't know. Just an interesting thought experiment. <laughs> Is it? Is it? Well, apparently not. Uh, okay, <laughs> it's, it's on the cutting board. <laughs> Uh, this is reminding me, though, of those last podcasts we did, where we're just like, it's so late right now. It's very late. I love it. Okay. Uh, is uh, it going to make it onto the menu? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's on It's on Fanwich uh, Chase Cutting Board, which I don't have anymore. I'm not looking at it. It's, it's right now in transit. His, it's almost certainly on a giant 18-wheeler right now, wheeling its way towards an undisclosed location in georgia yes so it's on there i would oh i start okay yeah i'm waiting for you okay all right um uh yeah i actually haven't even thought about this yet (laughs) (laughs) um hmm hmm Hmm. Wait, are you thinking about whether or not you're going to argue for it, or are you yes, thinking about yes. some potential puns? Uh, both, both. Okay, let me just make a a recommendation. Lean into the word "egg" as a pun, as a pun tool, like "excellent sandwich" or "I'm agnostic about it" or whatever. Uh, no, I will not do that. I didn't know what that word meant, and that if it had been um, meant something good, that would have been a perfect rhyme. But it means something bad. What's the word? Tempest. Like a storm? Yeah. I thought it was like, I don't know. I thought it was something more whimsical than that. I mean, a tempest could be like a good tempest. You could be like, oh, that was a nice tempest that cooled cooled the the hot hot summer air i guess not really (laughs) uh okay i just gotta come up with something all right here we go classic breakfast sandwich more like classic pleasant sandwich that does not rhyme (laughs) that's 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 really good (laughs) it doesn't why does it say that rhymes breakfast pleasant those don't rhyme at all Anyways, moving on with this. The sandwich is perfectly pleasant. I like it. It's fine. Uh, but it's just it's just not for me because this is it's just a sandwich that is not enough in my regular routine because I'm just not a breakfast eater. So unfortunately, I have to disqualify this pleasant sandwich on the technicality that it does not fit anywhere in my food consumption patterns. And because of that, again, it's pleasant it's fine but i i it, it gets a, a not applicable it gets a, a disqualification it gets a did 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 not attend gets an absent yeah yeah na na yeah no i i an egg <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't even make sense 
Um, well, Dan, look, I mean, this is this is the episode for us to disagree. You're you're wrong. Uh, I think this sandwich. It's not is, pleasant. Oh no, you're right. Um, no, look, I think this sandwich is uh, an excellent choice for the menu. <laughs> it tastes good. Well, no, look, I mean, I think this is the fundamental disagreement. We both agree the sandwich tastes good. We both agree on every piece of the sandwich. The only disagreement we have is that you hate breakfast. I love breakfast. So as a breakfast lover, I have to put this on the menu. Well, I don't hate breakfast. I just don't eat breakfast. And you hate breakfast food, even not at breakfast time. I don't hate it. It's just that I prefer other things. Yeah. I mean, look, your preferences are incorrect. Yeah, maybe this is why. I need to have stronger opinions. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, two weeks to think about just it. Just say, just just reformulate your argument and say that it's a garbage sandwich for garbage people. <laughs> Look, this is Donald Trump's favorite sandwich. Enough said. <laughs> All right. I'm putting it on the menu, Dan. All right, great. It's on the menu. Now, I, I propose, Dan... Unless there's a, I don't know if there's a lunch pail tonight or not. No, no lunch pail. I propose that we spin the sandwich wheel as our first move toward uh, us not picking anymore. Well, I'm not even on the other wheel, so I'm on the I'm, I'm on the sandwich wheel right now too. I'm on the sandwich wheel, but I also propose that we get rid of the Italian beef battered and deep fried. All right. I mean, my point is that you're giving up your chance of getting it. I wouldn't have a chance of getting it anyways. So you are just saying. Yes. But you're also saying no wacky wheel. Maybe a wacky sandwich really spice this podcast up. I'm saying that that next week when we add our 50 sandwiches to the wheel, we will add at least one sliver, maybe even two slivers for a wacky wheel. So that's still a possibility, but not this week. Let's just do a sandwich this week. So I'm removing the Italian beef battered and deep fried. Yeah. All right. Whoever sent that in, <laughs> we have given up like 5% of our listening audience. Fine. All right. You ready? Yeah. Oh, for, for listeners at home, hog roast, donor kebab, hot pastrami on rye, fairy bread, bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich. Ooh, oh, Joe. Yikes. That would be. Well, do you want to keep sandwich. that on or, or get that off? That's so similar. Or what, let's just let's just roll the dice. If that comes up, that the the gods, the old gods and the new, have decided that breakfast is a good thing. Yep. Reuben sandwich, proper Danish open face sandwich, turkey, Havarti cheese, tomatoes, or is that one you want to get rid of? Get it off. All right. Boom. Gone. The Brugesond. Yes. The Great British bacon sandwich, and the Coronation chicken sandwich slash baguette. Boom. I love okay. it. Let's do it. I love it. There's, no, there's it. not even one good sandwich on this wheel. These this are all is, good sandwiches. This is what we're going to do our last 30 episodes on. This is amazing. No, this is terrible. I, I definitely have one I'm rooting for. And it's definitely the Blue Jizong. Good. Good. Round and round the wheel goes. It's not bacon egg. Wow. It is fairy bread. Do you know what this is, Dan? Nope. I think it's oh, an Australian have, thing. We have two weeks to find out. Oh, this is a this is a this is a sweet sandwich. Also, definitely not a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this on the menu? <laughs> All right, look. <laughs> oh wow, this is interesting. Okay, 
We're doing it. It's an Australian thing. Yeah, I see it. Well, okay, you know what? This is an easy sandwich to make. This yep. is a bizarre sandwich, which I've never had before. Yeah. All right. Whoever wrote it in needs to do a bunch of research for this. Yeah, you have two weeks. We'll figure out who that is. Although, right. probably not. I don't have time to do it. Dan, it's been a pleasure, as always. Yeah. Go, oh, uh, 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 all right. Time to put the croissant away until next week. Joe picks a sandwich until next two weeks. Joe Picks a Sandwich is part of the Joe Picks Podcast Network. To listen to all of our podcasts, go to JoePicksPod.com or join the live discussion on our subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash JoePicks. If you want to talk about what we got right or wrong with the classic breakfast sandwich, or if you have a strong opinion about next two weeks, two weeks from now sandwich, the fairy bread, leave a comment on the Reddit page or email us at sandwich at JoePicksPod.com. Special thanks to FanWish Josh for research. His book, Red Me, Republic's on book shows everywhere now. And is available to buy on Amazon, wherever you buy your books. Also, thanks to Fanwish Jeff, doer of research laureate of music for the theme song, and Fanwish Julia, second of her name, for the logo. Final thanks to Fanwish Jay for letting us borrow his cutting board for a final ruling. It's not his yet, but it's on, on route. It will be his in two weeks. Leave us a five-star rating in the iTunes store so others can find this podcast. Joe, see you next week. Or see, <laughs> see you next two. Really have to edit this. See you in two weeks. See you, buddy.